0: Well, there's a lot of different directions that we could go today with our, our readings, but I think overall what the lectionary is doing is, is, is it's talking about between the first and the first passage from Samuel and the passage from the Gospel of John. It's talking about the idea of calling, calling, vocation. Okay. So that word vocation is a, it's an English word that's based on a Latin word that essentially means calling. Like, I'm going to call the name Tom. Okay, calling Paul. Okay, so that's what a calling is. You know, you've got this voice coming at you. And uh, the calling is a calling to follow. And so we see the two disciples who were originally disciples of John the Baptist, they begin to follow Jesus. And Jesus invites them to follow him. He has a calling on their lives. Individually, this is the important thing. He names them. They have individual names. So he, he says, you are Peter. He says, you are Cephas. You will be called Peter. So Jesus knows us each one of us personally, individually, by name. Oftentimes when we think of vocation, we think of the big picture of vocations. Vocation of the priesthood, vocation of religious life, vocation to marriage. Uh, and there's probably some other kind of ways of talking about vocation in other, other states of life. Uh, but those are the three biggies. And uh, and that's uh, those are vocations. Those are vocations. We're all called to various states of life, but at a more specific and personal level, there's what's co- what the what the spiritual authors call the particular vocation, and that is that every single one of us has a particular vocation that's proper to ourselves, that no one that we don't share with anybody else. It's just for us. Okay. And that's really based on God's special love for us. I've spoken about this last year on Trinity Sunday, how God created us out of love. God is infinitely creative, and yet there is a finite number of human beings that he will actually create. He's not going to create. There's not an infinite number of human beings in actual existence, and there never will be. Okay? So there's a finite number of human beings, but God is infinitely creative. That means that when he decided to create Tom, that means when he decided to create Colette, he literally, in his divine mind, saw an infinite number of possibilities of individuals to create. But yet he chose to create Colette out of that infinite number of possibilities. And he did it out of love. So each one of us is drawn into existence in our particularity, in our own individuality. Drawn into existence personally out of God's personal love for us. Now on the fourth Sunday of Advent I talked about narcissism. And uh, this is not a form of narcissism, this doctrine of Christianity is not a form of Pride or egoism, egoism and narcissism happen when you when you base your self worth and you think you're all that on the basis of external things. You know, my dad works at a particular place, or I drive a certain kind of car, or I'm pretty good looking, or whatever it might be. That's where narcissism, this kind of inflated sense of self, but it's rooted in the externals. Whereas what we believe is that we each one of us have a, a, a very st- we should have a strong sense of self. But that sense of self needs to be rooted in God's love for us as an individual and his calling for us. Not on on external things, but on God and on what he wants for us and how he regards us and how he sees us. So just as God created us personally and in in an individual manner out of love, so also he has a vocation for us. That's personal, that's particular, that's special to each one of us as individuals. It's an amazing thought. So that is that there is a task that God has for each one of us in life that only we can fulfill. Okay? We're not replaceable. We're we're totally irreplaceable in God's plan. And we are going to participate in our own specific personal way in the unfolding of God's plan by fulfilling that particular task. So how do we heed that particular calling? How do we heed that special calling? Well, what the spiritual authors talk about is they talk about the obedience to the duty of the present moment. And that's how we hear God's voice. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, as Samuel says in her first reading. Speak, Lord. So how does God speak to us and how do we listen? And uh, again, it's through obedience to the duty of the present moment. So that is this. Given our state of life, say for example, just take myself. I'm a priest, so... This past week, the most funerals I had in my entire priestly career, not that I got a long priestly career, just a few years, but of all those few years that I've been ministering, I had, I've had i never had three funerals right in a row. So I had three funerals Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right in a row. So it was really, really busy, packed kind of week, either preparing or getting ready or executing these, these, um, these funerals. And uh, so here I am. What do I got to do? Well, right now, I've only got so much time, I've got to call the family, I've got to meet with the family, I'm going to do the calling hours, I've got to put together the program, I've got to call the ladies to get ready for Martha ministry, we've got to do blah 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 blah. So, all of those different th- tasks that I had throughout this week, those can be simply inferred from my, my job, and from my calling, and from my state of life as a priest. And I can regard, and I should regard, every single one of those tasks as God's voice. And when I obey them, I'm not just moving through the, going through the motions saying, Oh my gosh, i got to do this. But I'm saying, Yes, Lord, I hear you. You're wanting me right now to call this person, or to write up this program, or to invest in my homily, or whatever it is. That's what you want me to do. That's what you're calling me to do right now at this moment. And Lord, I hear you, and I'm going to respond to you. I'm going to respond to your calling. To your voice, here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So that's that's one way that God speaks to us. It's, in, it's the duty of the present moment. Also, there is so if you're a married person, okay, your main state of life is your uh, has to do with your spouse and with your children. So you can infer, basically, at any moment in the day or in the week, usually there's something, you know, even if you go to work, you say, well, I'm working ultimately so I can support my family. Also, I want a better society. That's true as well. But I'm doing this to the end of the fulfillment of my vocation. You know, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. i got to drive my car. I'm going to go get groceries so I can go home and cook meal for this. For Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So everything we do throughout our day can be an act of obedience. And as we respond to God's voice and the duty of the present moment, we're growing in holiness. We're getting closer to God. And we're becoming more what God wants us to be. And we're actually fulfilling that task. We're getting closer to fulfilling that individual personal task that God has given to us. So it's the duty of the present moment. Also the cross of the present moment. Okay, In any state of life, we're going to find different burdens and hardships that we're going to encounter: conflicts, trouble with spouses, with children, okay, at the workplace, maybe physical ailments. Right now, I'm getting over some kind of a my eye infection in my right eye, and you know it's kind of a pain in the butt. I'm just getting over it right now, but it was kind of itchy and nasty and scratchy, and uh, you know it's kind of tough to sleep and whatnot. So as I experience this modicum of pain in my life, I can say, Lord, I offer this up to you. This is your cross that you're giving to me. So I'm re- here. I am, Lord. I come to do Your will, and as I respond uh, with acceptance of that hardship, however minimal it is, You grow. I grow in grace. I grow in holiness. And then finally, there's the inspiration of the moment. So you got the duty of the moment, the cross of the moment, and then finally got the inspiration of the moment. Now these are, are are more rare than the other two, okay? But it's it's kind of uh, something that maybe your guardian angel kind of whispers into your ear. The Holy Spirit inspires in your heart to do. So, for example, this past week, I got up and I was going to do my daily morning prayers and meditation. And I thought to myself, you know what? Hmm, there's this passage in a book I read a few years ago. And I, I want to go back to that passage again. So I went to my bookshelf and I took the book off, opened it up to the passage, I read it and that passage proved to be a source of spiritual nourishment for me for like 6 days straight and it's continuing to be i would take that i would take that as a special inspiration the idea to actually have just gone to that passage okay or maybe you're driving home and you know of a, a friend or a family member who's in the hospital and you're like well you know what i got some time let me go stop and see that person and you stop and you visit that person and lo and behold your visit made that person's <clears throat> week Okay, They were feeling really down. Maybe they prayed, God, have someone come and see me. Next thing you know, you show up. Okay, So the very idea to come and to visit that person, that was an inspiration. So as we cooperate with the duty of the present moment, with the cross of the present moment, or or possibly with the inspiration of the present moment, we're hearing God's voice and we're following him. We're responding to his call, to our particular vocation. Now, the metaphor I give is like this. You know, you, you're you're walking down a path and it's in the dark. It's in the nighttime. You can't see ahead of you, but you've got a lantern, and the lantern just illuminates the the part of the path that's right in front of you. Okay, that's all it does. You got to kind of look down. If you look ahead, you can see, you can kind of stumble. Actually, you kind of got to look down. Your your vision is limited quite a bit, but it's accurate. It's very, very accurate for as far as it goes in those three or four feet. And you keep going, you keep going. After a while of moving down that path, you start to get a sense of where that path is going. That's how we come to discern our special vocation in life. Now, here's a final thing that I'll leave, leave you all with. is this. The spiritual authors say that most people never actually find out or discern exactly what their particular vocation is. But... As long as you're trying to do so, as long as you are obedient to the duty of the present moment, etc., as long as you're following that very, uh, you know, shortly, uh, you know, that short space of illuminated path, as long as you're doing that to the best of your ability, you will actually fulfill your particular vocation. Even though you might never figure it out totally in this life, just the attempt of trying to figure it out and being obedient to the duty of the present moment, you will live up to it. You will fulfill it. And uh, you know, here, here's a final final thought here. Sometimes people, they might feel when it comes to, like the big vocation. You know, someone might come to the end of their life and they feel like, you know, I never married. I, I wanted to marry. And uh, what did I miss my vocation in life? am i like useless like what what did i what did, what's what is this you know uh, that sometimes this is this happens to people and uh, what i would say is no you didn't because the deeper vocation is that particular vocation and it's never too late to be obedient to the duty of the present moment and to get on that path and to walk that path so no you didn't miss your vocation no, nothing is lost As long as you are obedient to the best of your ability, to the duty of the present moment, etc., nothing is lost. Nothing is lost. Uh, You have fulfilled your vocation. You might not ever even fully know what exactly it is, but as long as you're seeking to know it, and as long as you're obedient to God... You will fulfill it. That goes for many other people who, who at the end of their life, sometimes find themselves a little bit discouraged. Like, maybe they, they, they look back, they had a divorce a few years back. They feel like, what, you know, what did I ruin my vocation? You know, what, what am I nothing now? And I would say no. I would say no. There's a particular vocation that each one of us has. It's deeper than the vocation to marriage. That's deeper even than the vocation of the priesthood. And uh, we fulfill that by being obedient to the duty of the present moment. It's never too late to get on that trail and to follow that light. If we're faithful to that small little halo of light that surrounds us, we will do God's will uh, in this earth. And in heaven, we'll look back and we'll see that special role that each one of us was called to fulfill and uh, as a result of God's special love for each one of us individually.